Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. It's Ashley's birthday! <laughs> it is my birthday. Yes, indeed. Managed to do... This is my last show for the week because I'm going to yeah. go hide away in the woods. Um, but yeah, I managed to time it up for my birthday. <sighs> oh, lovely. How perfect. This is your birthday, <laughs> Eve. It is my birthday. Uh, yeah, it's still not my birthday. It is Monday evening uh, as we're recording this. And Tuesday, February 1st is my birthday. Well, then I want to put you on the oh, uh, birthday spot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suck it. And uh, I want <laughs> you to name, if you were to put together, like, your dream Broadway show. Like, it's your birthday. Oh, God. And you're sitting in the audience, and they've surprised you with the ultimate thing. And it can be people dead or alive. I don't care. Um, what would oh, what would happen God. on your dream birthday for Broadway? Well, I feel like... Uh, I, I don't know the show, but I feel like I would have to put some Carol Channing in there because her birthday is the day before mine. Hers That's was right. January 31st. Aquarian Queens, obviously. Uh-huh. And then also Nathan Lane, who I think his birthday is February 2nd. So I'm sandwiched, sandwiched between two icons. And of course, Nathan Lane would be my pick in any show ever anyway. Hot. Love that. <laughs> Love that for me. Um, but then, you know, the usuals, like Patty and Bernadette, some Brian Darcy James, some Brooke Shesmanskis, all the greats. Mm, some mm. Ethel, of course. Yeah. The heroes only. Heroes only. Would, Legends only club. Legends only. If this were my mom's birthday, she would have Brian Darcy James doing that one song from Titanic on loop. Correct. Yeah. Your mom and I it. are the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The Rosie O'Donnell clip. Uh, we're getting off track. Anyways, oh do you know God. what I'm talking about? About? Of, of Titanic or yes. a Sweet Smell of Success, which I watch on a daily basis. No, the one Titanic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I do, but I do watch the Sweet Smell of Success one probably at least once a week. It's it's too good, so you know. Bring back always. Rosie. Bring, Bring back, back Rosie. Rosie. Bring back Brian Darcy James too, wherever Oof. he may be. Yeah, where are those eyebrows at? Oh, Come hither. <laughs> All right, let's get into some Broadway news. So there was a New York Times report by Michael Paulson with uh, this the following quote to kind of set up what we're talking about today. So previously undisclosed data about the financial performance of individual Broadway shows reveals that fundamental modern economics of the industry, Dedoy, uh, in which he didn't say Dedoy, I did, uh, in which <laughs> big brands dominate and adventurous new works struggle to break through. You know, it's kind of reinforcing what we've been talking about on the show, right? The data exhibits what Mm -hmm. we've all been thinking about, new and unfamiliar plays with a particularly strong wave of work by Black writers and a pair of experimental plays by white writers struggled really hard at the box offices. We kind of know that, but like, it's good to see the data to back it all up. So it seems like what we thought would happen would happen, right? (laughs) When Mm -hmm. it came to like fall attendance on Broadway. Shows like Wicked, Phantom of the Opera, made more this fall than in years past because there's kind of been this resurgence of like nostalgia for them if you notice and sure. all of their campaigning all of their marketing has been like relive the magic yep. um hamilton held its highest grossing status uh duh, with um it was the highest grossing show across all 13 weeks of the fall which i had mm, no idea yeah not surprising yeah. there i mean we had the shutdown and then we had the taped version that came out while while we were still in the shutdown um and to kind of like you know we're going to continue this in a second but 
to go off the point you just said about like everyone doing their like relive the magic campaigns, like we even talked about mm-hmm. that as far as like when September 2021 rolled around and we had all of this like excitement as far as all these reopening nights. So you could have shows like Phantom and Lion King who've been on Broadway for a thousand years at this point. And now like you could go to the opening night of these shows. Like that was something that was really special. Uh, and of course they were able to market it more than say like Passover was. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's kind of like what we thought would happen would happen, but um, it's, it's good to see like how this is all playing out. So newly high grossing shows included six waitress and mm-hmm. Tina, all who, you know, like, especially during the Sarah Bareilles, I was going to say the Sarah Bareilles years, like, it was like <laughs> <Yes>. a presidency. <laughs> I mean, uh, it should be, it should be. Uh, but particularly in that, that block of time is when it kind of soared. Um, in the middle of that gross time, uh, it sounds like it's gross. Gross. Uh, in the I middle know, of I was just that, about to say. <laughs> ooh, nasty times. Uh, Girl from the North Country had a capacity decrease from 72% to 47%. And we know that they are, you know, um, on kind of like a hiatus right yeah. now. Um, as for plays on the lower end, Chicken and Biscuits recorded an average weekly gross of $143,000 and average paid admission of $45, which is drastically low for Broadway, sure. um, including a diminished audience because, you know, it was it was really hard to to market that one uh, in Circle and Square. Mm. So Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, To Kill a Mockingbird and Lehman Trilogy were among the top tier of grosses of all productions, bringing in more money some weeks than uh, some of the highest grossing musicals, especially the Lehman Trilogy Holy crap, it did mm-hmm. so well. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Cursed Child grossed more this fall than in 2019. So it, it's kind of, it, it's staggering, but it's also like, what, you know, what did we expect? I mean, we've never had a sure. pandemic before. Um, so yeah. Not in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> not, uh, in a minute. Uh, not in a minute. Not in a good hundred years. Uh, yeah, none of this is really surprising to me, but it is worrisome in the fact of you have these shows that were harder to market, like Chicken and Biscuits, like Passover, like a lot of other shows that were written by, you know, by and for really marginalized communities and written by black playwrights and other people of color. I'm very worried that we're going to have, first of all, I'm, I'm, the fact that these numbers are coming out is weird to me in general. Um, but hand hand in hand, it's worrisome to me that I feel like a lot of people in the industry that are in higher up positions, producers and whatnot are going to look at these numbers and be like, well, these shows didn't make money. Why would we keep producing them? Uh, oh, 100%. Yeah. This is going to be an excuse. Absolutely. It's be an which, ex- which, I mean, it's hard. Why Why would you put money in a gamble? I mean, seriously, yeah. I don't go uh, to Vegas for a reason. I like <laughs> keeping the little money that I have. Oh, God. Why would I waste it? You know what I mean? So for these producers, they're like, okay, but it, this is my business, so I can't just take a chance. And the disenfranchised people will continue to be disenfranchised. Yeah. And I mean, you have so many of these shows that we talked about that are higher up. And like I just said, like you had this whole relive the magic, come see Phantom again, come see Lion King again, come see Chicago again. And all these shows have enormous name recognition for one. And also they've recouped a billion times over. So they don't have to worry about things as much where these shows did and they didn't really see the same attention both from the marketing side and from the audience side. Passover being maybe the exception because it was the first show back. But that's still like we still didn't get that because it was like here's this big reopening campaign where you had Hamilton and Lion King and Phantom and whatever the other 
other one was at the time that all initially announced their wicked, I guess, initially announced their, you know, big reopening night for Broadway. And then we had Passover and Hades Town come in before that, obviously, and be like, just kidding. We're going to open a month earlier. Uh, and, you know, look, that probably ended up affecting things as well. And that everyone saw Broadway's back on this date and mm-hmm. everything else kind of got lost around it, especially having those. And I guess Hamilton was part of it too, if I didn't mention that. Um, you have these big shows that already have name recognition. And of course, they're going to be the ones that sell the tickets and get people back if we actually had a tourism season this past year, which we really didn't. Um, those are the shows that were going to get people back. They were also the shows that were like, we're back and everyone kind of pay attention to us. And also there's some other shows that may or may not be happening as well. And also this. So, I mean, we'll keep an eye on it, but Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a big bummer. Okay. So uh, for ambassador theater group, I don't know if you guys saw this um, over the past couple of days, but the parent company of ambassador theater group just reported a pre-tax loss of $202 million from March, 2020 to March, 2021. Do you guys know what was happening during that time? No, clue. I sure as shit do. Um, it's, you know, <laughs> they couldn't rent out their theaters. The, the lack of rental ability during the pandemic really decimated them. Um, Ambassador owns or operates 58 venues internationally from the US, UK, Germany, like Broadway's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in San Francisco and Hamburg and in New York, and then the West End homes of Wicked and the Lion King. Mm. So it, it's no surprise at all, but it that's no, a of course pretty so. staggering company loss there. Definitely. And you think about that as far as what a huge loss that is and obviously how that affects everything from the people who are working to the shows that are produced. You also look at it as far as think of smaller theaters and smaller production companies that do not have that kind of budget and how much they had to have lost. I mean, we saw so many theaters and companies that had to shut down entirely uh, and still haven't gotten back up or you know, have completely shuttered and have no plans to come back ever during the past 20 months at this point. And it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see and it's heartbreaking no matter if it's large or something as large or as it's heartbreaking if it's small or something as large as ambassador. There you go. So let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor for this week, Today Ticks. Speaking of going to see shows, hello. Oh, yes. Um, I've gotten to see so many more shows than I normally would, thanks to how easy Today Ticks app is to get. So we talk about accessibility in theater a lot, and they have some of the best prices for literally the best theater, comedy, improv, you name it, that I have ever gotten to see. And getting those tickets is easier than ever. You use the Today Ticks app. Ticks app, and you can check out in 30 seconds, pick up your tickets with ease. You even get access to exclusive pre-sales, limited time offers, digital lottery programs to sold out shows and day of discounted tickets. I was on Today Ticks on Monday. Mm-hmm. I was on on Sunday because, of course, I was looking at some Little Shop of Horrors tickets because I will physically die if I don't get to see Conrad Rickamora in that role. Yeah. Absolutely. And, of course, Today Ticks had tickets. Haven't hit the purchase button yet, but you know I will. Yeah. So today Today Ticks isn't just for Broadway and London's West End, like Ashley literally just said, off-Broadway as well. But you can find tickets across the country. 
century in Chicago, LA, DC, San Francisco, Sydney, and more. See that show that you've always wanted to see or discover something new. Like we were talking about earlier, it's time to try something that you might love just as much with Today Ticks. Go to todaytix.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. That's promo code Broadway at todaytix.com slash Broadway for $10 off your first ticket purchase. P-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X dot com slash Broadway. That's how you spell it. I'm not going to lie to you. Every time I say that really fast, it sounds like I'm about to say Huawei Radio. <laughs> well, and- <laughs> I think I, I had a weird like Jonathan Ross double R situation going on somewhere mm-hmm. in there. But yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so close. Uh, in more Broadway news, The Minutes has just announced that they will begin previews at Studio 54 on April 2nd, which is a delay of two weeks. Thank goodness they didn't do that April 1 because everybody's picking mm-hmm. that date. And I'm like, no, 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 sir. Opening night will now be April 17th. No explanation why they didn't say it was COVID related or anything. They just said that they were delaying two weeks. We stand. Who knows? So Hulu will produce Up Here, the musical comedy with the help of Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, along with Dear Evan Hansen writer Stephen Levinson, and Tommy Kale will direct and executive produce. And now you remember, because Matt has already kind of flagged this, in 2015, La Jolla Playhouse presented Up Here, starring Betsy Wolf and Matt Bittner about a computer tech that falls in love with one of his clients. Do we think this is how we get Betsy on TV? Obviously. It better be. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we didn't, I mean, if we didn't get her as Elsa in Frozen, I feel like this is that yeah, chance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that is such a lost opportunity. She, mm-hmm. She's amazing. And um, I'm just, I'm excited at the possibility of her doing this. But regardless, like, I know that the the reviews said some things about like the book needing to have some work on it. And, uh, but otherwise, people really enjoyed the show. So um, I'm excited about it. I'll, I'll definitely keep everybody posted because I love a TV <laughs> musical theater moment. So yes, indeed. there you go. Also, Tommy Kale direction, like, regardless of Tommy everybody Kale. else we just talked about who are all amazing, EGOT, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Tommy Kale's direction, I think, is so friggin' good. I'll be the first to say it because he's really underrated and nobody knows about him. No, but, yeah, um, he's a little up-and-comer. I mean, he's with the love of our lives, Michelle Williams. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just saying hi, call me. Anyways, um, Lisa Howard, you're familiar. We love her hi. work. I watched her float on stage singing Cheeseburger in Paradise and Escaped Margaritaville, and it was worth the ticket. It was worth the ticket! Lisa Howard is, like, a Broadway icon. I'm sorry to say I um, missed it. Yeah, you should be. Paul Alexander Nolan was shirtless the whole time. How do we not talk about this every week? Yeah. Should be a recurring segment, actually. (laughs) When can we see Paul Alexander Nolan again? (laughs) Let's go back to Lisa Howard. She's an icon. Uh, Lisa Howard will step into the role of Madame Morrible in the national tour of Wicked beginning February 1st in Tucson, Arizona. And I'm just saying we're getting a lot of Madame Morrible content. And I'm just thinking, what is the Madame Morrible Spider-Verse? Like, what? when do we get all of them together? Yes. I love it. (laughs) Will it be animated or live action, though? Yes. Perfect. Both. Correct. It's going to be like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit scenario. Oh, Absolutely. And um, we're in it because we want to be. Damn right. Uh, hope, thinking, uh, <laughs> speaking of things that I we're all very, very excited about to see on screen, Hocus Pocus 2 has wrapped filming. It will premiere on Disney Plus this Halloween. Ooh. Which means. Interesting date. Hmm. Yeah. We're all going to have a damn party. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, we will. <laughs> 
I'm weirdly excited about this. I was not excited about it for a while, but I was following a lot of the filming while they were doing it and kind of getting like the behind the scenes stuff because I have to do that for my day job. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I hopefully, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker put more work into that than the Sex in the City reboot situation that's going on. I'm going to blame that room of people making her say <laughs> the dumbest shit. I don't know. But it, I feel bad for her somehow. Like, I feel like Big I represents I can't really the loss of the show. Maybe. Like, I, I think he died and so did the thing. I never watched the original and I don't watch the current. I know. I don't watch the current either, but I am on Twitter and basically hear every single thing that happens. And I'm disappointed for all y'all, I guess. It has been a ride. Speaking of Plaza Suite, <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. So I can't wait to see her. Mm, I love Sylvia. Mm. Okay, Paramount Plus has greenlit and announced casting for Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. I when I first saw this casting, by the way, mm. not it's this casting that I'm about to say, but the casting notice about this, I thought they were joking. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. is this like like a web series? Like, that's fun. No, it's a right? real show that the musical series takes place in 1954, four years before the original Grease at Rydell High. So it's Rydell High students, but they're different students four years before. So they'll graduate. And then that's when the new phase of peeps. I don't know. Pink ladies. Anyways, uh, so it stars a host of newcomers with Jonathan Neves and Jackie Hoffman as a sensitive of course. principal McGee, because of course. <laughs> so I'm excited about it. I mean, I will watch this 100%. Oh, I yeah. Wait. I mean, it basically is a web series because it's on Paramount Plus and not, I guess, on actual television. I want to see it. I will. I've already expressed my love for Jackie Hoffman, so I'm gonna watch anything that she's in gladly. Um, but weird. I don't. <laughs> I don't really understand why this was the thing that came up in the writers' room of like we should do a prequel to Greece. That's what well, everyone is clamoring for right now. They definitely are, but I also really appreciate the title of the show is Rise of the Pink Ladies, like it's yeah. a new Transformers movie. <laughs> Um, they are Transformers, absolutely. They are, it gives my, me like- they are my superhero team. I do have a pink ladies jacket. Oh, I love that for you. Uh, thank you. I, I played Cha Cha Di Gregorio. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> dancing. And also they were like, you're a BIPOC. And I'm like, well, that's not how that works. That's exactly <laughs> how that works, obviously. Yes. Can you imagine me kicking my face with a, a <laughs> green petticoat? Anyways, yes. um, speaking yes, of kicking your face, finally, Cheetah Rivera has made it official that she is signed with Harper Collins to release a memoir and I really can't wait for that. Good. That's, That's all I want to say. That is what we're all clamoring for. No yeah. sarcasm. Give it to me. No. Well, that's it. Uh, in a feel-good <laughs> recommendation to close out the show, Variety posted some of their actors on actors, including one with Andrew Garfield gushing over Rachel Ziegler's performance in West Side Story. It's really Correct. sweet. I always love these actors on actors. I know it's all like, like you know, masturbatory. Like it's sure. all like you're so good. No, mm, you're so good. The mm. method. Mm. But honestly, like we really <laughs> like it. So <laughs> we do love it. We do. We do. I can't help it. I'm just like I think because I'm. So- 
this is the thing. I'm really like two sided about anything that has to do with actors. Cause one, like I write about them all day and two, I write about them all day. So I go back and forth between loving them and being jaded. So I absolutely eat shit like this up, but then I'm just like, Ugh, it's so actory. Yeah, not fair. And you know <sighs> what? On that note, you better watch it. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Are you going to be uh, letting people celebrate your birthday, Ashley? Yeah, like, sure. Can shout celebrate, you out? celebrate me. That's fine. I you know, may not respond to like Thursday or Friday, but I will, as with all praise, I will feel it in my bones and it will keep me through. If you are, if you have made it all the way to this part of the show and you are going to get on twitter.com for Ashley's birthday, mm-hmm. I want everyone to post a tag Ashley in your favorite Sondheim quote. That's Aww, what I want you to do. Ashley, great. where can people find you? Oh, Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. Please make me cry for my 30th. Yeah, I want <laughs> you to hurt. Thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow. Bye.